handle the truth. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to another great episode of Thursday Night Get Right. First and foremost, let me say thank everybody for their patience with Demetrius and I. Um, We've been scattered, but we're here tonight to present a show to give you updates on what we've been doing and what we got going on. But before we get started on that, let me say my praises and, and, and blessings to all of those out there that's inflicted with this poverty thing going on and and all that's going on within our government. But I want to give a special shout out to all the inmates out there dealing with this heat stroke, especially down here in the Southern Corridor where there are no fans, there is no AC, and a lot of times they're locked in cells dealing with 120, 130 degree heat in these cells. So Many blessings to you guys. Hold strong. You got soldiers out here that are fighting for you and bringing awareness to this. So I want to do my part, bring awareness to what is going on in our prisons with the air conditioning, this heat stroke, you know, and and uh, and and everybody just say their their prayers and blessings. But welcome back, Mr. D. Oh, it's a it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful time. And uh I'm in a beautiful place. I've been through a whole lot, been to a whole lot, but been through a whole lot. And uh, listen, man, the heat ain't no joke. I'm hot right now, and I'm in a house with air conditioning. But just having to deal with this heat, man, you brought up those prisoners, man. I just talked to one today. He said, man, it is so hot in the cell that the officers allowed him to leave their doors cracked. Cracked, not open, cracked just to get some air because the fans are in the hallways of the prison. And he said, man, it is just unbearably hot. People have had to go to the infirmary because they uh, kind of feeling faint and heat stroke and all this type of stuff. And that's not just in prison, man. I think about the people out here that don't have air conditioning and they, they impoverished. They, they can't run away from the heat because they can't afford all the fans, the good fans. And listen, man, we giving a shout out to everybody who's enduring this type of stuff. But even more than that, we giving a shout out to everybody who woke up this morning and who believe that their conditions can be better and who's trying to put forth the effort to make their conditions better. And I'm proud to be back, man, because I've been gone a while. But we're going to get off into that in a minute. Yeah, amen. You bring up a good point about those inflicted out here, and I'm I'm sitting, I'm 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 listening to you talk, and I'm thinking about these these homeless out here, who in this heat, like I can only imagine you're 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 looking for food, maybe dumpster diving for food. You don't have that long to get to that food before it starts sweltering in this heat. You know what I mean? So tough times all around, man. But speaking of the heat inside, every. We used to, so imagine this people, you know, you're in a, in a cell and you may have a cellar, you may not, but like D said, the heat, you can't get away from it. See the cold, you can, you can get warm, but that heat, you can't get cold. You can't shake that heat off you. You can only get so naked, you know, and, and all reserves go out the window in that, in that instance, man, because you're in there with your cellar and both of y'all are dang near butt naked, you know, and just covered in sweat. Like these say a lot of times, and that, and that might have been a good guard that cracked that door. Because at the yeah. end of the day, you may have to lay on that floor where you get that little gap up under that door just to feel that cold breeze coming up under that door just to stay cool. So man, many blessings to those that are going through this punishment. And also keeping in mind that these individuals got to come home. Heat stroke, the effects that it has on the body, the brain. So that five-year sentence that this individual gets ends up turning into a lifetime of, of health conditions because of, you know, the atrocities that are going inside, too. So shout out to all of those inflicted, man. But moving forward, D, you've been all over the place, man. You've been out in San Fran. You getting ready to go to the motherland. Oh, man. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful time in my life, man. I, uh... You know, when I was in prison, I only dreamed and 
and fantasized about just traveling around the United States. And I really don't care about traveling around the world. I, I don't care about Paris and France and all that type of stuff because you got to spend a lot of money there. Uh, I care about those places that to me are more authentic, down to earth and humble. And uh, so I've been I've been blessed to be able to travel to Tampa where we did the show together. I've been blessed to go to uh, obviously Chicago and places like that and all through Ohio and uh, California. And we're going we're gonna to do Florida, uh, Atlanta, and we're going to do the motherland, Africa. So I, I've been blessed, man, you know, and I'm just trying to spread the word everywhere I go that it's people in this world that truly love the people in this world and don't judge the people in this world for their mishaps or their mistakes or their intentions. We don't judge none of that, man. We just accept people for who they are and we keep it moving, man. And that's 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 what we're about, man. At the, at the end of the day, that's what we're about. Amen. So moving on into the show, you know, we, we want to uh, give our good graces to all of our supporters, all of our fans, but uh, most most specifically 88.5 WMNF out here in the Tampa Bay area that is streaming uh, the Thomas Free Me show and our Thursday night get right. So our voices is getting out into the community. So all the new listeners out here in 88.5 land, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I got a call that I'm going to take real quick, D, from Frank De Palma. He's watching this show, and I think he heard us talking about the heat. Now, Frank De Palma did 42 years out in Nevada. So, Frank, what's going on? Hey, what's up, brother? How are you? I got you live on the show, brother. What you got? Oh, is that right? I saw Demetrius in your back, and I'm wanting to meet, meet Demetrius. As I told you, I liked his vibe, and I just wanted to call in and... uh. Get, a, say, get an introduction while we got an opportunity. And just to say hello to you, and uh, I miss you. And you guys are doing great, man. Uh, you guys are awesome, man. You guys are a good team, you know? Appreciate that, Frank. So you did 42 years out in Nevada, and we're, we're, we're giving our blessings, this show here, we're giving our blessings to, you know, all of these survivors and these institutions that are dealing with this heat. How is the heat out there in the, in the Nevada prisons? Oh, man. <laughs> Back at old Max, uh, I had heat stroke uh, one time. Uh, I've known a few people that got heat stroke. Uh, I knew one guy who died from, uh, it, it was asphyxiation caused by the heat. Wow. Uh, you know, the, I don't know what it's called, but uh, he just couldn't breathe. It was so hot, he there was absolutely no air conditioning, and he just... He just couldn't breathe anymore. It was so hot, and he died. Nah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been so cold. I've seen guys get frostbite on their toes while living in a cell. You know, get frostbite on their toes. You know, uh, it used to get really, really cold. You sit there and watch the watch your breath when you breathe. When you're like when you're outside, you can do that inside. Hmm. And there was no coats. There's no coats. All you got is those orange coveralls, state blanket, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, Frank. Well, I'm going to bring you on for the uh, for our Saturday night show. I want to bring you back on and, and catch up with you. But um, thank you for calling in, Frank. Sure. Thank and what you up, though, Frank? Take care, you guys. All right. Thank you. Tune in. Demetri is going to send you a message. All right. It's 42 years, man. 42 years and this is the this is the individual that uh when you came out here we we couldn't really connect but i want i want to run a show with you and him and speak on this show because uh it, you know I, i'm i'm big on that these institutions harbor and and teach racism you know and this is exactly what happened to frank frank was an individual who ended up killing two black men while incarcerated went in to prison with a 10-year sentence and ended up doing 42 years with 23 on solitary confinement. But these attacks weren't racist attacks on Frank's part, but he was just caught up in a, in a racist 
world that he as an 18 year old kid going into prison just had no idea what he was walking into he just knew that he had values he had a code racism wasn't one and when he was approached by these these racist leaders at the time back in the the 70s and 80s when they were forming all of this stuff he denied them and they they pretty much spread on the compound that he was open game mm. So, you know, what, what occurred from there is, is his story. Um, he does have a book coming out that tells this story, but Frank is a big advocate for solitary confinement. Uh, he was 23 years in solitary confinement. He's been out to Washington to speak on it, and that's what his book is, is coming out. So great story about Frank. Yeah, we got to hear that too, man, because we need that. Uh, I was just talking to a guy today, earlier today, right before I, I, I uh, came home, and... Uh, I had recognized the guy and he was like, man, uh, so I told my cousin, I got to get home so I can get on the podcast. He said, man, let me, let me, uh, get the information on the podcast. I said, well, this is my man podcast Thursday night, get right out of Tampa, man. But I'm on it, man. And, uh, and you can watch my stuff too, man. So the guy was like, man, you look familiar, man. And I said, uh, yeah, I was gone for like 28 years. He said, yeah, I did 15 years. I said, I know you now. I said, I remember you. We was together back in 2008, 9, or 10 sometime. He said, nope, 2010. He said, because I just came. I said, yep, at Barriga. That's Barriga Maximum Correctional Facility. He said, yeah. And uh, he said, because I was up there in solitary confinement. I was up at the other prison when the riot happened, and they sent all of us to Barriga to do uh, our solitary confinement. And uh, I said, yeah, I did nine years in there, man, in the hole. And he was telling me he did seven. And when I tell people that stuff that's into understanding uh, solitary confinement in Michigan and how they're trying to ban the usage of solitary confinement for punitive reasons and all of that and long-term imprisonment, they say you did nine years. I said, yeah, nine years straight. Because they say that will drive people insane. Right. That will ca cause you to step outside of yourself and do and say things that you ordinarily wouldn't say under different circumstances. And so when I hear Frank, and you talk about 42 years, that's that's just a lifetime in itself. But 23 years in solitary confinement. I got a friend who's been in solitary confinement right now. He's working on, he's working on 40 years. Solitary confinement. He's working, yep, 87. He went in in 87. He'd been in, he'd been in solitary confinement since 1987. That, that's they refused ridiculous. to let him out. And see, and a lot of people don't, don't understand the, 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 the amount of inmates that are in solitary confinement. For example, um, TDC, Texas the Department of Corrections, if you're a gang member or gang affiliated, you do all of your time in solitary confinement. You are not in general population. And that was the dangerousness of the federal systems, particularly where I was at, was that when you catch double time and you do your state time first, these guys are doing 10, 15 years in solitary confinement and then being released to a federal compound where they're free. And they're, they're coming out and they're, they're getting in with their gangs or being reunited with their gangs and stuff on the compound. And they are wild horses. Because they've been they've been behind that gate for ten right. years, they're ready to come. They're cock strong from doing push-ups every day, and they're ready to come out and put in work. You know what I mean? And that is that's the seriousness of the environment that this stuff creates. Like Demetrius said, you can go insane in there, and they're not doing evaluations when they're bringing you out of solitary confinement to put you in general population. Right, they're just saying, right. hey. Pack up. You're going out on the yard today. Your your time here is done. Yeah. So they don't. And that that just that just brought something else up in my mind that uh, I seen personally with my own eyes about solitary confinement. I know some guys. I remember I went in solitary confinement in 1993, and that I was like my third or fourth time. But this one I did my nine year stretch. And I remember some guys that I knew in 91 and 92 and 93. I knew these guys. I'm talking about 
good guys dressed nice. Back when we used to have our own clothes in prison, they dressed nice. They going out on visits. Uh, all of us was kind of around the same age, came down to, came into prison at around the same time. So I went to solitary confinement in 1993. So I didn't see none of these guys no more because I was in solitary confinement <laughs> until I got like six, seven years in solitary confinement. So by this time, I got 10 years in prison. I seen some of these guys. I swear, man, these guys are not there anymore. I'm talking about mentally. They are not there anymore because they succumb to the conditions of solitary confinement. And I'm talking about to where they put you in a cell and they don't want you, when they say not see daylight, they want to make sure your window is covered up so they got a, a, a door on your window so they can keep that door shut so you can't even look out in the hallway. Uh, the only thing you're going to see out the back window is probably some woods or something. So this is where you're, you're, you're going to spend 10, 12, 14 years at of just looking in the, at the woods or not looking out the door. And then when that door window open up, the only face you see is that officer handing you your tray. And this is just every single day. And after a while, and I've talked to guys, and I personally kind of experienced some of it, but not to the depths of some of my friends. After a while, you you become uh near you become nearsighted. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can see is what's right in front of you, right there. So you can't even see, and I'm saying that symbolically because you can't see a future. A future is far off. Only thing you can see is your present. And I'm not talking about your present state of mind. I'm talking about what's in front of you, those walls around you, that police that open that window at that door and open that slot on the door and give you that food. That's the only, those woods right outside your window. That's the only present that you could see. That's your reality. That's reality. That is your reality. That is your life. You get up, you sit on the side of your bunk and you read, you wait for, for maybe a piece of mail to come. You know, and one thing that Demetrius didn't 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 uh, uh, announce. Right. And and this is very important. And, and I think the reason why he didn't announce it is because it's so non-significant to us when we're in the shoe is every 30 days they have a dog and pony show where you have, uh, uh, you know, psychiatry, the, the psych department comes through. The priest comes through, the captain comes through, and what happens is they have to do a walk around. They got to do a check. So they'll come and they'll stick their fat little faces in the window, make sure that you're breathing, moving around, and they keep it pushing. They got to do a little sign off on a piece of paper. This is your only opportunity to try to get a hold of somebody to to figure out what's going on with your life, like what's going on. Don't forget about me back here. You know, and and the thing of it is, you feel like a fish in a fishbowl, right? Because you're at this window that's about two inches thick, trying to talk to us through a steel door at a human being who could care less what you got to say. And you got about 15 seconds to, to say whatever you got to say. By the time he signs that sheet or she signs that sheet, she's, they're gone. They're on to the next door psychiatry will come through stick there are you okay no i'm not okay man i need oh and they're gone that's it they move on it's that's why we call it a dog and pony show because that's it's that's exactly what it's just a show that should put on for the cameras to show that they walk down through the little corridor and that they sign the piece of paper and that's it you will not have no other human contact again for another 30 days Except for like Demetrius said, your food, your food slot, and your shift changed. The so they doctor the paperwork because when they come to the cell and and they ask you, "Are you all right?" They're not. They're not trying to see if you're all right. They're just voicing because the camera is watching them ask or speak to you behind that door. They can't see you, but the camera can see them at your door. Are you all right? And you trying to tell them, "No, I'm going." They're not trying to hear none of that. They're right. They're about to write down on that piece of paper that I did a cell check of Mr. Thomas Freeman and he was all right. He looked to be in good condition. That's it. That's it. They're not going to say that they're not going to say that uh, Thomas Freeman told me 
X, Y, and Z. He's going through X, Y, and Z. Uh, his family's having problems, and, and therefore, he's just stressed, totally stressed out, and they're not going to say any of that. They're doing a simple, a simple paper black and white wellness check, not a real wellness check, paperwork wellness check, so they can cover their butt. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So Bless now, this is, this is the challenges that we face. This is just one of the many challenges that we face in the, in the fight for criminal justice reform. It's trying to get this segregation, this isolation, uh, trying to get this uh, done over with. So because it's illegal, it's unconstitutional, it's barbaric, it's cruel and unusual punishment to hold someone in isolation for all of these years, literally in isolation, no human contact, etc., and no real medical treatment. So that's just one of the fights that we have going on, at least in Michigan that I know, but throughout the United States, it's a big issue as well. But in Michigan, we have an organization that's really dedicated to that particular fight and that particular fight alone. That's what they putting their energy into. And a lot of other organizations like ours, Michigan Liberation, Amen. we support these people because we understand you got people like me who are living testament who can tell the stories because I've been there. And so, yeah, that's one of the fights we got going on, man. Where are we at we with, with, with rewriting the 13th Amendment? Oh, man. Uh, I just talked to this... Uh, this brother Edward, uh, he is one of the guys who's trying to uh, take certain language out of, get them to take certain language out of the uh, Constitution. And matter of fact, one of my other friends I was just with in California, he's one of the people too. And they say they just, they having meetings and Zoom meetings right now in that regard. And they trying to, you know, they're trying to build a base on that particular issue so they can make noise with it because Ain't no use in trying to go up somewhere and tell them how you feel about something and you ain't got the right base, the foundation right. that's going to support you in that cause. Right. So, yeah. So in, in case in case, for the listener that's that's unfamiliar, when I bring up the 13th Amendment, you know, because I know a lot of Americans truly don't understand this Constitution, what it was really founded on, what was going on back then, you know, and and. What we see today, remember, this was only three, four hundred years ago, right? So, I mean, we're only talking a, a clip of time. People haven't changed much. The politics haven't changed much. And, you know, back then, I think that a lot of what was going on was about pacification. These people didn't want to end slavery. What they wanted to end was the, 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 So from my understanding, and please correct me, D, but from my understanding, people were starting to get agitated that they were seeing slaves at the market. It was just out in their face. It was really starting to bother your general public because they were starting to feel guilty about what they were seeing because it was just be it was becoming that atrocious, right? It was becoming that ugly, that barbaric that people it was really starting to affect people to the point to where people really started lashing out um and and there started to be a, a friction and from my understanding this friction ultimately broke out into a war which ultimately these decision makers had to find out how to stop this war amongst the people because they had something bigger going on with Britain and all that Britain was trying to do with coming into this country and, and the centralized banking system and all of these things that these leaders were dealing with at that time and trying to create a nation essentially. And upon that, they came with this 13th Amendment that proclamated all men are created equal, men, specifically the word man, men, all men were created equal aside for those who have been convicted of a crime. And then you are still considered three-fourths of a man. And then we know from the track history, then came your Jim Crow laws, then came all of your, your movement to 
to put these individuals back on the same plantations that they took them off of, only now with chains on their feet and called wards of the state. So, I mean, that is, that's my depiction of what has happened. And we have, we have domino affected into what we have today, which is the business of prison. And, and keep in mind that, <clears throat> let me ask you this. Would you invest your time and your money and your resources in a family that's always fighting? I'm talking about a family. We're going to say you want to own this whole block, but the people on the block are just always fighting and trying to tear up each other's houses and shoot each other, steal from each other. Are you going to invest in that block? No, I'm not. No. So, so, so Britain didn't want to invest in a country that's at war with each other. The South is at war with the, uh, with the North over what, what, what is called the slavery system at the time. The South was at war. So Britain is saying, well, look, y'all got to sort that out. Look, all we got to do, all we got to do is make them think they free. Hmm. That resolves the problem. Make them think they free and build prisons. Build prisons. And we put together the 13th Amendment that says all men are created equal and free. And unless, you know that unless, However, they have committed yep. a crime and have been convicted of a crime, then they can be enslaved. Not re-enslaved, but enslaved. Because Britain's whole thing is that they don't want to lose money on a war in a country because now we want to be able to invest and build a certain infrastructure so we can own a piece of America. You can't own a piece of America, uh, be as successful as possible if the country is at war with each other. So that was why they, uh, that's the reason why it was said that there, there was the Emancipation Proclamation. The Emancipation Proclamation in 1862. Now, it wasn't to free the slaves. It wasn't to abolish the slavery system. It was to renegotiate a plan to further enslave, but not physically, because now it takes less resources to enslave people mentally than it does physically because physically means you got to watch them all the time. Mentally means that you indoctrinate them and let them go on their way because it's like feeding a stray dog. A stray dog going to come right back to where you fed them at. So now you indoctrinate a people to believe that they are free and, and you give them certain resources and certain access to certain things, but still you consider them that three, three fourths of a human being, uh, and they go on their way and everybody be happy. Everybody make money and they make money off them. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like you being the butt of the joke. You think everybody laughing with you, but everybody laughing at you. Right. And that's kind of how they put together the system to where it, it became a mental mentally enslaved system to where we say we free. We think we think we laughing with, with them, but they laughing at us. Right. So that's where we at today. And that goes right back to solitary confinement. You know, the imprisonment, the imprisonment of the physical body and the imprisonment of the mind. Because if they can imprison the mind, they can dictate and predict what the mind is likely going to do. It's going to crumble sometime under pressure. Some minds are not. Some minds are going to become more demonic you know, satanic. Some minds are going to find themselves within, like, <clears throat> and educate the mind to where they're going to come out better, going to come out strong, they're going to come out a threat, you know. That's so right. that's that that's that slavery system being reinvented in the prison setting. But they want to just call it prison now and use the 13th Amendment to incarcerate people and call it incarceration. But yet, the 13th Amendment clearly states what it is. And and that's the thing. So you got you got these these men now 
right? And what they did is is that's that's the law of pacification. So now that the same person that may have been looking at this black man or woman or child at that time who may have felt guilty about seeing them up on this trading block, now that guilt is gone, right? This 13th Amendment stripped the American citizen of that time of that guilt because now this individual can look at this black person and call them a criminal. Oh, that's why he's a criminal. I'm okay with that. Beat him. Work him. And we still have that today. You still, I get these, these comments on TikTok. Now, the same comments. Who cares about criminals? Who cares about prisoners? Beat them. They deserve everything they get. It's the same mentality that they have used to incarcerate individuals in the name of slavery. It's the same premise. This is why we get fed the food that we get fed and we get treated the way that we get treated because it is not about rehabilitation. It is about generating money. This is a capitalistic nation. Why would the prison system be any different? I mean, seriously, let's, let's speak logically now, right? Let's speak with some common sense. Everything about this nation is about making money, but yet the prison system isn't. Right, right, yeah. The prison system is about reform and rehabilitation, and we're going to call these people correctional officers? Get off the gas, man. Like, come on, people. Right. Ain't nothing correctional about them. But on on news, right, so I, things have been changing. And, and the reason why these things have been changing is not because I feel it's not because these politicians are, are now starting to get lighthearted. It's because you have people like Demetrius, you know, like uh, uh, Michigan Liberation and all the people up in Michigan, Larry Smith, all the people that I name on, on a daily basis. You have people like me and all of us down here and all across the nation who is not forgetting about our past, who's not forgetting where we came from, but, but coming out to the people and saying, listen, we need to help these individuals, people are suffering and dying yeah. atrociously and it's not deserved. Listen, I come from a bad place and I'll be the first one to tell you that there are people that deserve to be in prison, but they don't deserve to be tortured the way that they are. Some might, I'm not going to take that away because they've done some torturing themselves. You know, you reap what you sow and I'm an eye for an eye type of guy, but this is why I'm out here saying on that eye for eye type of guy stuff, that there are people that is getting an undue amount of punishment for a little mistake that they've made in their life, bad judgments, bad calls, right. bad environments being raised in that, that this economy has created, you know? Mm. The, the economy created. Ah, who created the economy? Hmm. Hmm. Good the powers question. to be. You know, and that goes to be created the economy and the economy helped set the foundation for a condition and those conditions. Squoles and oppressed people to the point to where those people responded to the oppression of the conditions. And so mm. those people became hungry, starving, dehydrated. And so they began to steal and pillage one another's towns and streets and neighborhoods. Now, <clears throat> where did they get this? And I'm, I'm just gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna identify it as a sickness for right now, right? How did they get this sickness? Where did they get this sickness from? The disease was introduced by the government. That disease was introduced by the government and then the cure for the disease became prison. Now, they created the disease and gave it to uh, poor people. They gave it to poor people, this disease. And now they say, whoever got that disease need to be locked up. That's the cure for it. So they created the disease and the only cure was prison. And so now the prison system flourish and they continuously inf infecting uh, lower income people with this same disease. They 
they uh they talk about us they cast us out they demean us everything we do is criminal so we're held as a suspect we're held guilty until proven innocent and it's hard to prove innocence to a people I'm speaking when I say people, I'm talking about any government official. I don't care if you look like a uh, Shaka Zulu. <laughs> it's hard to prove your innocence to a people that made you guilty. Amen. It's impossible to prove your innocence to anyone who have made you guilty because they set the tone for everything to make you guilty. They didn't leave room for you to be proven innocent. They didn't leave room for that. Some people are, are deemed innocent after a trial, but in the mind of the court, in the mind of the government, you will always be stigmatized. That's why the exonerees in Michigan that I personally know, and the exonerees in Philadelphia that I personally know, and the exonerees in California that I personally know, they have been stigmatized. They still can't get a good job. Amen. Be you're looking at them right here, right now. This is what I'm dealing with, D. I just got this comment the other day from a government official, right? About my record, about my record, about, about working with me and about the potential, the risk, all of these things. And I know that if one said it, there's 50 that are thinking it. You know what I mean? So it's, this is, and I'm going to tell you what, man, it doesn't stop me, D, because I just applied for a re-entry coordinator. This county is hiring a re-entry coordinator who best as a returning citizen many times over, who best as a re-entry coordinator. So again, I put their money where their mouth is. You say you're out here in public on stage talking about we're going to change this, change that. We want to work with nonprofits. We want to collaborate with the community. Okay, here I go. I'm yep. here. We you know, now. it's like in the movie. You know how in the movies, like like in the movies, somebody's sitting there saying something. You got the kid jumping around, waving, and they're like talking <laughs> yeah. all around them and stuff like this here, yeah. trying to. That's how we are. Yeah. That's how we are. They steal our programs that we design. They steal our programs and then advertise them as like some doctor created some program and now it's such a successful thing. They steal our programs. They steal our ideas. They put us on the front of their organizations because we're so excited to be home and so jolly. We just want to get out and help people just to get the respect of our community and, and show the community like I'm home. Embrace me. I'm a good person now. And you got these organizations that exploit that and, and take that. And get all of this money for that person and leave that person on the side because they don't care about us, man. That's right. They don't care they, about us. They the one inflicted us with the disease. They inflicted us with the sickness. And then they teach, they teach society. They teach and indoctrinate society to believe that these people are sick. Like in the Bible, when the people had the leper disease and they were cast out of the out of the city and they were sent up to the mountains. That's what they do to us. They say, those people are sick. They're not a part of us. So now you can go to prison and come back out and people in society that you would think would understand that you just out here trying to make a difference. You have changed your life. You're doing the right thing now. You have nothing but compassion for humanity. You have nothing but uh, uh, sorrow and sympathy for the wrongs that you committed against humanity. Well. They have been indoctrinated to believe that we're going to come out here and tell those stories just so we can manipulate society. So that's another stigma that that's attached to us that we have to overcome through every day being about our business with respects to uh, uh, honoring who we are, where we came from and what we're trying to do. We have to stand on it. We cannot allow the corruption from the system to deter or detract or distract us from the course that we're on for criminal justice reform because people don't understand that uh, us people who are involved in criminal justice reform if we can get this done the whole of society benefits from criminal justice reform why because your taxes are the way they are right now because the prison industrial complex owns owns a large percentage of the budget hmm. 
that you pay for every single day. So when when Thomas Freeman talking about it's 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 we not saying it somebody shouldn't be in prison. We're not saying that. But what we are saying is that it's so many people who don't deserve to be in prison and so many people who don't deserve to have long sentences in prison and so many people who don't deserve to be arrested at all. But in each case, whether it's long sentences, short sentences, uh, wrong for arrest, right for arrest or whatever, the taxpayers are paying for it. But if criminal justice reform can become a reality, you can believe that you will be pocketing more money in your in your account. <coughs> Excuse me. You will have more money pocketed into your account because you will not be spending so much of your taxes will not be spent on housing people for crimes that they shouldn't have been locked up for in the first place or for long indeterminate sentences or for arrests that never should have happened. You will benefit as a society if we could bring down the rate of incarceration in the United States. Amen. And 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 with all of this that Demetrius and I have said, at the end of the day, the onus falls on you, the individual. You have to make the choice to commit this crime. And 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 because of the life that I have been through i will die of starvation under a bridge before i commit another crime and get involved in these people's system and i put a, a, a post out on facebook that said that exactly that if i die starving under a bridge then that's how a good man deserves to die in this world because if you see that a man has put in the work and the effort to try to do the right thing and yet still starves under a bridge and not one other human being noticed the work that this human was trying to do and gave that person a hand, then shame on you as humanity and you got to reap what you sow with God when it comes to that. You know, I just, I just, man, listen, man. D, I just saw a news clip of a, of a shooting at a gas station where the man got shot to death at the pump of the gas station and laid there and nobody said anything. People were pumping their gas like nothing happened, going in the store, paying for gas, coming out, and there's a dead man at the pump. That is how desensitized we have became as human beings because death is constantly in our face. We're seeing it everywhere we go. We're being overstimulated through radio, through TV, through all of this stuff to where when we see something like that, the first thing we think is, man, I'm, I'm glad it ain't me. Thank God it ain't me. Let me just keep my That's mouth it. shut, keep That's my it. head down and keep it going. But guess what? It's not you right now. The next time it might be you. Amen. And we have to operate like that in our society, man. Listen, listen, just over the last over the last two weeks in Detroit, man, it has been so many children abandoned, killed, shot, uh, uh, did the shooting. Listen, man, because we are so desensitized. It's like, it's like, for example, a mother would be like this if she see her son running around with a gun, well, a real gun, see mm. her son and found her boyfriend gun or her gun. He'd be like, that boy crazy. That yeah. Why? He gonna end up acting a fool when he get old. She she's supplanting that information because he he listening. She supplanting that information in his head, and then when she don't uh, 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 chastise him, she's further supplanting that behavior in his mind. So now we dealing with a, a, a society that has become so desensitized. This is what I heard a, a young girl missing in uh. Think in Detroit right now, 13 years old. You know, I heard this lady say this here about the young girl. This is desensitization at its greatest right here. I heard a lady say this. I think I was at the gas station or something. And it was a guy on face. He was reading the post on Facebook, said the girl was missing or something. Said a girl was missing 13 years old. This is what the lady said. She said she probably somewhere sucking on blah, 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 blah. Mm. So I'm like, I mean, are we that desensitized that we say that 
we cast out one another like we are the leper in the Bible and say, out, get she kicked out of the city because she doing, ain't we the same people talking about exonerating people and trying to free people of sla slavery and oppression, etc., of the oppressive system, the abolishment of, of criminal injustice. We talk about this stuff for a reason because it's happening. But you just said some a minute ago when you said that it's upon the people. We got to wake up to this. We right. got to do something about this. We got to stop being the ones like that lady who spoke so badly about a 13 year old girl talking about she probably ran away and she probably sucking some guy this is a 13 year old baby man because i'm going to tell you something and i hope that this never happened but i mean it's life we live in a in a wicked world right now so mm. it's likely to happen tomorrow or Immoral. today or right now yeah we living in that right and that lady's karma I would hate to come back and haunt her to where her daughter is out in the street and she get pregnant at 13, 14, 15. But, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that when you desensitize, you don't even pay attention to your own because you desensitize. You have not even humanized people anymore. You're not humanizing people. When you don't humanize people, that you really are desensitized because you can be a desensitized person and still humanize somebody. Be like, yeah, I, I feel them. But for the most part, when you become desensitized, and I'm telling you firsthand experience, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about me. When you become desensitized, you don't really see human value in that which you are, that who you are desensitized about. So when you see a dead body, that's how I grew up. We seen the dead body many times. We just keep walking because I put no value on it because I was not I was so desensitized and indoctrinated to uh, to accept this that it meant nothing to me. And so now I am trying to come out of that and wake up out of that mindset that indoctrinated that that corrupted mindset. I'm trying to wake up and come out of that, man. But society is dredged deep into that desensitized mentality to where we don't put value on life. We don't, we don't humanize one another. And that's bad, man. It's, it's, it's very hurtful because when you know you've been there before and you can look back in retrospect and say, wow, that was me. You know, you so far ahead of where you used to be at. And I could only try to share my experience with other people. But some people hide behind their pride and say, I ain't, I ain't never like that. That ain't me. I, I, I love people. Right. But you love people, but you can walk over a dead body. A little baby missing. You can say, man, F her. Her parents shouldn't have let her out the house. Come on, man. I just had this, con I had this conversation just a little earlier about where we're at. And I showed a 20-minute video giving uh, a breakdown. I, I posted it to my Facebook. If anybody's interested, then go to my Facebook, Thomas Free Me and and watch this video but this was explaining the age of aquarius man and i'm sitting here listening to you and as i'm listening to you i'm just thinking right i'm letting your words marinate and, and i'm just thinking about humanity and and where we're at and i'm reflecting on this this video talking about the age of aquarius and how we're distracted of a human being that we become and, and then i started thinking about conversations that i would have with old school cats in prison man that would sit here and tell me about why do you think your shoes are made out of rubber? <laughs> right? Let's think about this. Your shoes are made out of rubber as far as the part that you walk on. What happens when electricity, a lightning strike, hits your car? Nothing. Right? Because you're grounded by the rubber of the tires. There's no current that can go through you. So if you have rubber on your shoes... Your feet is actually elevated and separated from, the, from nature, from the vibration of the earth, which mm -hmm. that is where you get your current from. Electricity runs through us and into the ground. And I was explaining this to, the, to this woman earlier about the connection that we have as human beings, right? Like me and you, D, are connected right now, even though that you're in Michigan and I'm here. 
We're connected by this thing that's in between us that we like to call space. Right. And because we're in this compressed ball, this hyper compressed ball, we are all connected. And just because we cannot see the space in between Demetrius and I doesn't mean that there's nothing there. You got atoms there. You got all kinds of cells, molecules, all compressed together. And we know that there's moisture in the air. And moisture is what? It's a, it's a conductor for electricity. And we have electricity in us. So when I'm thinking about Demetrius, guess what? That current could be traveling through all of these cells and all of these atoms to reach Demetrius because it's all butted up against one another from the compression of our atmosphere that keeps us all together. The vibration that runs through this rock. Earth is a living being. And our feet, when our feet are on the ground, we can feel the vibration. We feel different. We feel it in our feet and on our toes. So I ask, especially in inner city life, right? Inner city, poor community. How often is a person really touching feet to the ground? And how, mm. what kind of ground are they touching? I'm not talking about concrete. I'm talking about physical dirt, earth. Mm-hmm. How origin earth. The, the right, dirt. the dirt, the rock. When, how often... Are people in inner city life really coming in the contact with Earth? And I think that separation from that type of life is what is driving people insane as well. And we don't even understand why. Hmm. You made me start thinking about some stuff for real, man, because that's uh that's that's deep when you really look at it like that. That's deep, man. Because I started thinking to myself, we have these shoes and women have high heel shoes, hmm. you know, and they constantly come out with shoes with thicker and thicker soles, you know. And why is that? It's like that. It's, it's like constantly everything that's being done today. I was just I was just listening to a guy on YouTube today. And everything that's being done today from an entertainment perspective is done to indoctrinate, to keep people at odds. He, the guy was talking about, he said, if he said, you don't hear Chinese talking about their blood or crip. You don't hear this race of people talking about their blood or crip. You don't hear this Chinese guy talking about they're going to kill each other. A uh, uh, Japanese tomorrow, they're gonna kill each other. It's that that music, that music, and I'm not putting down the art. Believe me, I'm not putting down the art. I'm talking about the the lyrics of of, of some some lyrics that's so highly promoted by, and given so much money for. It's meant to destroy and separate broken neighborhoods, impoverished neighborhoods, because. That's where these rappers come from. So now they're being paid to stop anyone else from waking up behind them. So it's like how you say the, the rubber. That that rapper who's talking about killing and he's promoting killing and guns, gun slaying, he's now creating that rubber hmm. to keep us separated from the vibrations of Earth with his lyrics. He's keeping us separated because once we get beginning and we get into that music, we so distracted that we ain't even got our feet on the earth no more. We didn't we didn't allow him to put us in those shoes that separates us from the earth where we can't feel the current from where our roots came. We can't feel that current anymore. All we feel is the make believe current that they create through music that generates and vibrates in our mind. That's all we feel from here on out in the process, because we lost contact with our roots. Mm. We don't realize that we are a part of the earth. And so what we do is we destroy the earth. And what's how do we destroy the earth by killing each other? Because we don't acknowledge one another's existence as being part of the earth. It makes it that much more easier to litter. And now I'm talking about physically litter, throw trash on the earth, physically litter the earth. And then we leave bodies on the earth. 
We leave and we say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I'm sending them back to his maker. Well, I want to always be with my maker. I shouldn't have never left. I always want to, and that comes with that contact where you know that you are right there with your maker. But when you say I'm sending somebody back to their maker, that means that you have removed yourself from your maker. That That's you would right. think that you got to send somebody else back to their maker. That means that you're not in contact. That you would even conceptualize an idea that you're about to send somebody back because you ain't there. And that comes with trying to humanize one another, learning how to humanize one another, feel for one another. Recognize that, man, we all the same, man. I, I, I can guarantee anybody right now, I will put my life on this right now. Anybody can bet me. I ain't even no gambler. I bet every piece, every dollar in my account right now, and I guarantee y'all win with what I'm about to say. If you live long enough, you're going to die. All of us going to go the exact same way. However death comes, we going. Ain't no timeouts. Ain't no wait a minute. Ain't no talk to me later. Could I, could I, could I reschedule this? Ain't none of that. You going. And that tells me all of us are just alike. You ain't going to live no longer than I'm going to live. You're going to live as long as your life allow you to live. And I'm going to live as long as my life allow me to live. But we have to stop thinking that, that we're immortal. We're bigger than. We're better than. We're different. We are, we're all the same. We just live under different circumstances. Right. Or that my life is, is more important than yours. You know that, that, you know, that I... I I can watch you die because my time is more important than yours. You know, it's it's going back to the conversation that I had earlier. You know, it, it's it's like I told this friend, you know, we've come to a time to where people, human beings are going to have to start making a choice between good and bad. This is this is what the age of Aquarius is. It's the time of enlightenment. It's the time that people have written about for thousands of years that some may say this is the, the second coming of Christ or whatever, but this is the time of truth. This is why we see what we see going on in the world with all of the immoral stuff and the, the animal behavior that, that these human beings are getting into is because that we, we have lost... Like Demetrius was saying, we've lost that contact with life. We've become desensitized to life because there are a few individuals who have been able to, to, like they've been doing from the beginning of time, hoard the education of what true life is about, that the masters of life from, from times before have passed down. They've hoarded this, shielded it from us. And fed us such lies that we have become such insecure creatures that dang near animals are more enlightened than us anymore. Mm, mm, mm. Like we're sitting around like, damn, I didn't know that. That damn, that damn bird could think like that. Birds looking at us <laughs> like, you damn fool. You know? Right. Yeah. Like the animals are looking at us like, you, you know, <laughs> I'm a deer. You know, I'm a deer. I know I'm a deer. I act like a deer. I'm a deer. And I know what deers do. And you're looking at me like I'm stupid. Look at you. Uh, Look at the stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy, man. But, you know, to wrap up, at the end of the day, it's it's on us. Like Mr. Demetrius said, accountability, man. Take a look at yourself and what are you doing wrong and fix it. Stop lying to yourself. Stop victimizing yourself. Stop telling, running around trying to make excuses as to why your life is so hard and just start with one thing a day. Just one thing a day. Tackle one issue. Just say, I'm going to change this today and, and continue on until you honestly feel within your, your consciousness, your soul, that you're doing good and you're doing everything that you possibly can. And, and you change your thought process from manipulative, egotistical material to really wanting to roll your sleeves up, dig into what's going on, 
because people, I don't know if you're paying attention, but we got orcas out here attacking people. We got bears out here attacking people. Like the animals are fed up. Earth is letting you know, change your ways. Hey <laughs> man, you say orcas are attacking people. Man, did you see how many? They said a lot of whales was washing, or was the seals washing up on the land sick? Mm-hmm. Those are the whales. Did you hear about? They said the air that it was a fire in Canada, and it was spreading. The the uh the smoke was. Listen, I want us to think about this here. Everybody heard about California. They even got a name for it, California wildfires. Have they ever told the people in any other state to not come outside because the trees and forests is burning in California? They told the people around those trees and forests don't come out because the air is dangerous because it's a lot of smoke and you don't want smoke inhalation. But never in my memory can I recall them telling people from other states don't come outside because of the air. Now, where am I going with this? He said orcas are attacking people. Bears are attacking people at a more alarming rate now. Uh, a lot of seals was washed up on the land uh, sick from something in the water. The government said the fires in Canada is causing cities all around from I know about Tennessee. I know about uh, all the way through North Carolina, Detroit, I mean, uh, Michigan, New York. It got all the smoke bellowing in these cities and telling us if you don't have to come outside, don't come outside. Now, where am I going with this again? Because the government is doing things right up under our nose. But because we so got our nose so far up the government's butt, we won't believe that they're doing these things. Hmm. We won't believe that the government will fly over the trees and forests and spray stuff on the trees, spray whatever chemical on them. And then someone sets a fire and the chemicals that they sprayed on the trees are now being pushed out to cities and states around them in the form of smoke. And so they saying, don't come out because they know we gonna come out. But they tell us don't come out because of this, this, this and that, but they know we gonna come out. And so now the experiment is to see People are still out in the city. People are still doing this. Why don't we look at them after two, three years and see what type of effect that which we sprayed on those trees, that forest and burned up the forest, see what type of effect that has on a human body. Again, my point is that all of these things are happening around us that we don't pay attention to. You know, the children, the children are picking up guns and I'm talking about children. I'm talking about babies now. Babies. Three, four, five year old babies are picking up guns now and killing each other. The the TV and I have nothing against. I'm not homophobic. I have nothing. But they're they're pushing this agenda, this LGBTQ agenda in elementary school now, middle school. They pushing it on commercials. They pushing it everywhere. When there was a time that people that did certain things, you know, you do it and that's that. And the government was against it. Now the government, well, really, they was never against it. But now they were outright are for it now for a reason. They just raised the LGBTQ flag, I think, at the Capitol or something. Yeah. But they but they haven't raised the, the uh, African flag at the Capitol. That's another story. So, <laughs> again, I just want to say that we got to wake up, man. We got to wake up. It's too much killing going on around us. It's too much rape. It's too many children coming up missing. It's too many, uh, too many prostitutes or, or what they call uh, uh, what's, what is it? Street, street walkers. They're coming up missing, man. They're coming up dead. It's too many. It's too many people are being turned out on drugs forcibly, and we got to do something about this, man. We got to do something about this if we want legacy. In this world, want our children to be our legacy in this world, then we have to stop this cycle however we got to stop it. 
I mean, one person at a time. We have to humanize one another. That means we got to learn to get along with one another. We have to learn to love instead of hate. And I'm not going to take up no much, no more of y'all time. I'm going to say this here. And, and pardon, I'm going to say this here. I want to give the biggest shout outs. And I'm not going to even name a name of the organization. I want to give the biggest shout out to every organization that's putting forth the effort to make our society a better place to live for our children, for our elders, and for us. That's every organization. I don't care who you are. And I want to give another shout out to all of these organizations out here who's fighting for criminal justice reform and who's making sure that we see this thing through and we're not giving up. That's who I want to give shout outs to. Amen. With that, guys, um, just continue being your best self. Just do what you can. Check your thought process. That's the biggest thing with me. Just, just be aware of your thought process and check it. You know, if you're telling yourself to do something that you know is immoral or wrong, just tell yourself, man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm bigger than that now. This isn't the time for that. Trust me, that resonates throughout the world. And if we can all start to think like that, <laughs> we'd be in a completely different place, man. So thank you guys again for tuning in. This is Demetrius Knuckles, Alan Thomas, Free Me, Thursday night, get right. We shall be back next Thursday night. D, we got to get together off script, man, and um, and figure out me getting up there for real. I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Funding, this funding hey, man, thing we- ends tomorrow at 7 p.m., and let me tell you, I'm I'm fitting to take me about a week, brother, of just. Okay. We got to talk about this for at least five minutes, man. Okay, let's do it. Thomas, Thomas Freeman, he's trying to get up to Michigan. Listen, there's a lot of good things happening in Michigan. He's been invited to speak at an uh, event in Michigan concerning criminal justice reform. We trying to get this brother up here. And, and it's a lot of people that we could choose to try to get up here. But I'm not talking about them. We talking about one person that was invited that to be an ex- extinguished speaker at a, the brother need a hotel room. If we can get hotel room, we can situate the flight plans. We can situate the flight plans and we'll deal with the food and all that stuff. That kind of comes with once he here. But we need help. We're trying to get Thomas Freeman up here so he could speak on this form. He was chosen to come up here. Of so many people that could have been chosen, he was chosen. Why? Because his perspective is not booty kissing like so many other people's perspective. Even some of my friends, their perspective is booty kissing. They just, yes, man. His perspective is sometimes devil's advocate, but but his perspective is always understood if you listen. And that's one of the reasons why he's chosen to be invited here to come speak on this forum. Yeah. So, I mean, you could easily just go to www.cominghomecoalition.com or you can go to. My site is just look me up on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Demetrius Knuckles Hill. That's right. And let's get it done. Quick shout out to Dash Deal. That he, he's a longtime friend of Tamujin Kinsu, and that's one of the, another one of the reasons Tamujin Kinsu is actually going to be going in the trial on, I believe he, he's got something going against the medical uh, facility of the prison. So he's actually going to be in a trial for three days. We're trying to get the courtrooms filled up there. So there's a lot going on in a short span up there in Michigan that I'm trying to get up there for. So absolutely. And thank you for that for that Demetrius so we got to get out of here again you can visit our sites find us hit us on on the web easy we're on web all day every day until then stay safe be blessed thank you apologize for the long show see you next week we out peace